Welcome back to Superfan Sports. My name is Dio Reynoso. I'm your host. I'm here with my co-host Donovan Behan. Woo! Another day. Living yeah, it. Yeah, another day, uh, another weekend of losing money. It was, it was, I, I went pretty even. I think I went like four and three. Mm-hmm. So I, I won more than lost, but like it was really, really tough for me this weekend. Yeah, it was a little tough. There's some a uh, lot of good upsets, a lot of uh, interesting games. Loyola, you know, underperformed. My my boy, my boys at Oregon State didn't underperform. Oh, no, they covered no, they the not. spread. They did what they needed to do. I really thought they could have won the second game, but we'll talk about more uh, that later. Right now, we're gonna get into the news, and there's no bigger news topic than what happened with the 49ers. Don, can you tell me what happened? Uh, yeah, so there was a crazy trade uh, with three different teams. It was the 49ers, Dolphins, and then the Eagles by extension all the same day. Uh, Dolphins had the number three overall pick from that Laramie Tunsil trade a little while ago. Yeah, uh, They sent that to the 49ers in exchange for the 12th overall pick, a first overall pick in 2022, a first overall pick in 2023, and a third round pick in 2022. So, so how many picks was they traded so one they pick? So they dropped for... nine spots yeah. and got two first-round picks and a third-round pick back. That's great. That's that's an amazing thing. And then they decided they didn't want to be that far. No, so, then they traded up with that 12, moved up to sixth, switched with the Eagles, yeah. and then sent the Eagles... Uh, two first-round picks. Just the first-round pick for 2022. So they switched, Yeah. sent the first-round pick they got for 2022, and a third-round pick. Okay, yeah. To move up six spots. So now the order is 49ers now have the third pick in the draft. Yep. The uh, Dolphins, have, Dolphins the have the sixth, and the Eagles have the twelfth. Yes, and then looking into the next four years, mm. the Dolphins now have two first-round picks every year for the next four years. That's awesome. That's just that's building a fantastic organization. That right is there. right there. That's on top of that, the Eagles put themselves in a position where they can still go get a good receiver on the board. Yes, and possibly have three first-round picks next year. Yeah, they're, so th- they're looking really good. Yeah, even if they suck next year, and they, they there's a real possibility that the Eagles end up with a top ten pick, a top teen pick, and then a top twenty, and then in the twenties pick. Yeah, and like I wouldn't be salty about that. No, at that'd be all. great if I'm an Eagles fan. Some Eagles fans were a little upset because they definitely wanted to be there and get Kyle Pitts or mm-hmm. or uh, Jamar Chase or maybe even a quarterback. Um, you know, we'll see. With a third overall pick, a lot of speculations. Mac Jones, Trey Lance. Uh, we're gonna get into some uh, quarterback analysis later in this episode. Yep. We're gonna break down all the quarterbacks we like, uh, our top five, and then a few underliers. We'll mm-hmm. get to that later. Um, but yeah, that's all we wanted to talk about. Don, do you have anything else on yeah, this topic? Yeah, no, I, just to me, this is great on the Dolphins. It shows that they're wanting to build around Tua. Um, and at the same time, the 49ers have a lot of options at the third overall because they've said that they want to keep Jimmy G for this mm-hmm. season. So you have that option for uh, Justin Will or Zach Wilson, Justin yeah. Fields to kind of sit back for that year. For sure. I think I think whoever they decide, if they want to get more of a project piece, just let Jimmy run it and then, you know, let that guy groom behind them, just like yeah, you said. Injuries yeah. providing. They're going to be a solid team again this no, year. No, they really will. Uh, well, let's get into the next topic. The NBA is still broken. Um, Marcus <laughs> Aldridge is now a net. Uh, Don, I have a, a, a shocking stat to give you. Let's hear it. What is the most superstar, super stack team you can think of in your head? Is it like the 96, 97 Bulls? Ooh. Maybe the Golden State Warriors of a few years ago? I would say the Warriors felt the most stacked as okay, a few years ago. This team has the most all-star appearances <laughs> oh, ever. God. By a lot. Oh, yeah, because Aldridge has been to seven all-star games, five-time uh, first team. I they think, also have the head. most yeah. first team all-star players of all time on one roster. And they probably have about three or four Hall of Famers on that roster. 
I'm gonna. Pro- Blake Griffin's probably gonna get in the Hall of Fame just for the Kia dunk alone. I yeah, think that he's gonna be in the conversation. He's just like an iconic. Yeah, guy. He will. On top of that, Blake Griffin's gonna have an amazing career outside of basketball, and mm-hmm. they would just love a guy like that inside. No, he has a great yeah. personality. Um, uh, but no, with Aldridge being there, um, to me it brings a great small ball lineup that the Nets can use now. Whereas yeah, Aldridge is a five, Griffin has a four, Durant, Irving, Harden all rotating at the uh, Dion, yeah, DeAndre the one, two, Jordan three, just running around there blocking people. <laughs> oh, goodness, that's a stacked roster. Do, now. do you think that there is any team in the East that can compete with the Nets on a good day? On a good day, I think the Seventy Sixers have a shot at it. You're a big Seventy Sixers guy. I I, well, I, agree. I have a lot of faith in Embiid. That's the big thing. He's, I, Embiid I, he's playing at really MVP well. level. We talked about it. Um, I agree. I think the 76ers defense can do something. Um, I think the Heat with all depot, maybe I was really hoping Aldridge would go there so that way balance out the East. But on a good day, no injuries. I think the Nets are going to just smack the East, and I think they do a lot, a lot of damage against the the West. No, I could definitely see it now. I mean, but, uh, that they they filled the one big roles. They were missing a strong inside presence like Jordan's solid yeah but he's not going to be a guy that you could have run the court the entire now you can rotate these guys Griffin Aldridge and Jordan can all play this small ball lineup big ball Mm -hmm. lineup it doesn't matter and they're all good enough to make some points and do what they got to do on the court especially with Griffin and Aldridge can shoot outside the three-point perimeter like we've seen so Um, it'll work well let's talk about the Lakers Lakers did sign Andre Drummond who I think if I had to put down uh, Blake Griffin, Drummond, and Aldridge, which one of those guys are is the best? I would put Drummond by far. At this point in time, yeah, because yes. Griffin and um, Aldridge are uh, in their yeah. 30s, I think. Drummond's still 27. 27, yeah. He's just now hitting, like, the uh, by human growth, the peak physical performance. Yeah, he's in his peak right now. He's he's a great uh, on-ball defender. He's, he's great in the paint. Um, you know, we, we just need him to get a couple buckets, play some defense, be big, get some rebounds, play ball for us, you know? Yeah, it's it's uh he was averaging a double double uh this season when he was playing for Cleveland, seventeen point five points a game, thirteen point mm. five rebounds a game. Um uh, it's gonna be interesting to me to see how they balance the roster and the minutes now because you have Anthony Davis, Drummond, uh, Marcus All, Harnell, and Morris, who all play that four or five slot. Mm-hmm. Like I know Drummond and Gasol are mainly a five, but all those guys have played four or five at no, some I know. point, it, so it's it, going to be tough to try to rotate. It's going to be a weird rotation. Maybe, I don't know, because the trade deadline's done. I, I have no idea what's going to happen with the Lakers lineup. Do you think this makes uh, the Lakers, like, puts them in a position to compete in the West for another championship? I think so, because they really needed to fill that gap that Howard and McGee left on the rim protection yeah, Howard, rebounding yeah. side. So Drummond's going to be great for that. But, but do you but, think this puts them in a position for another championship? Over these other great teams like the Clippers, like the Nets, like the 76ers. I think it will come down to the 76ers, Nets, whoever comes out of the East, versus the Lakers in the finals. So you saw the I Lakers in the West? I saw the Lakers in the West as of Over now. the like, Jazz, a team I know you really like. I love the Jazz. Over the Nuggets, a team I, don't know, I know you really like. I don't know if the Jazz are ready to go on mm-hmm. like all the way quite they're young. yet. Because yeah. they're a young roster. They could spend another season. I I like the Lakers for it, but I wouldn't be surprised. Lakers and five, point. baby. Lakers and five. Oh goodness. Um, <laughs> well, let's talk about uh, some women's March Madness. Uh, that's actually going on a lot. We haven't really covered it, but it it, it kind of got heated up last night. Um, Baylor versus UConn. Uh, last play of the game, a few seconds left. Uh, one of the players on on Baylor. She went up for a jump shot. She got 
one of the most like aggressive fouls I've ever seen. There was two uh, two of the UConn uh, girls jumped up. Defenders. One clearly hit her elbow, and one clearly hit her head. If you look at the different angles, and they did not call they, it. It was a no call. I understand that in close situations like that, people aren't going to call it. Yeah, yeah it. they, they want a no call. Let the players play. That was such a severe foul. They didn't call it. Baylor's out. UConn mm-hmm. continues, and this is just kind of like. The refing has been very subpar in the women's division. It has been for years. Uh, if you don't like college basketball refing, you're gonna hate the women's college basketball refing. It's terrible. Um, on I top mean, of that, that's not the only situation for the no, women. No, that's just the, the big differential between the women's and men's WNBA and NCAA. Exactly, they don't treat it the same. In other aspects too, um, as some people have probably seen. The women of the NCAA have been treated very, very wrong. Uh, just, just look at the weight rooms. There, there's this weight room scandal that happened. Don, do you have any information? Oh yeah, on with that? The, um, I'm forgetting the girl's name at the top of my head, but from Oregon State, yeah, uh, from Oregon, who was uh, showing the differences between the men's weight room that's going on in these big tournament venues, and they rented out a full ballroom essentially in a hotel yeah. and have stacks and stacks making it into an entire full gym. Mm. The women's weight room is essentially just a couple free weights. It's a free it's free weights and yoga mats. Yeah, that's it's not it. it's not that's much. all women used to work out apparently. <laughs> oh, that's goodness. Great. These are professional athletes. Doesn't matter the gender, they are professional athletes. Mm, not technically athletes. professional, they're in well, college. Call yeah. they're athletes. They're still better than I would ever be. Oh, uh, ever. Um yeah, that and on top of the meals that they're getting, they're getting like lunchables and like cafeteria food while the men are getting these like nice gourmet, hotel like actual meals. Yes, like huge buffets yeah it's it's ridiculous i mean the ncaa is not exactly known for equal rights but like come on ncaa figure shit out no and what's even more upsetting the reason that we are really heated about this is it's not even there's not even a good excuse for it like uh, mark emmert who's the uh president of the ncaa is basically blaming it on there was a poor communication on like their office part on that then he was uh saying it's like oh well we're trying to have our own in-house um, legal or law firm come in and look at per- potential every gender t- equality. Every issues. time I hear them say we're going like, to take an oh internal investigation on anything, I don't take it seriously. I never take it seriously. Yeah. I was like, oh, you're going to investigate yourself? Bullshit. Is it NCAA? Figure your shit out. Treat these mm-hmm. women like you treat the men, because that's how it should be. They're athletes just like men. We'll watch the sports. I've been watching it. It's been a lot of fun. We just haven't been covering it because no one's wanted us to cover it. Uh, no, and I think that like the WNBA and like the NCAA, to me, is if you want to learn fun. basketball, if you really want to get into yeah. basketball, you're not going to watch the NBA and be able to pick up with the stuff they do with the yeah. high-flying zone. If you want to learn the sport really well, watch the women's because they do everything fundamentally so amazing. Or you can just watch it's like insane. white kids play basketball. They, they're fundamentally <laughs> sound all the time. That's all they can do. Uh, you'll never oh, see man. a dunk in an all-white basketball team. No, you could see. And Caruso could dunk. Mm. Mm. All right. They're, they're, Blake they Griffin. Got, we just we were just talking about Blake Griffin. He is not white. He is half black. Oh, that's um, true. Let's let's finish uh, the news up with the Mets trying to sign Lindor, one of the premier baseball players in the MLB. Yeah, he's rated as the third or fourth best shortstop yeah. at the beginning of this season. And this is just a little tease. We are going to be talking about uh, the end uh, the uh, MLB a lot this show. Uh, the end of the show, predict the future will be all uh, MLB breakdowns of teams that we like uh, for this upcoming season. So stay tuned for that. Yeah, but as of as of today, it's opening days in three days. That's yes. the reason we're yeah. hitting this big is because we want to get ahead of that. So, Mets, trying to sign Lindor to a 12-year, 300 and... T- they want to sign him to the 10-year. 
Oh, so 10 years, to... 325. Okay, 10 years, 325 million. He wants to sign a 12 year, 385 million. Yes. He wants what would that you should... sign him to out of those two contracts? I mean, personally, I liked one of the ideas that was brought up by a few different uh, media outlets mm-hmm. and go with the 12 year, 385, but add in team options. I've had in incentives. Too. I have the exact same idea. Yeah, that's that's so much. That's what uh, the Dodgers did with Mookie Betts. Yeah, Mookie Betts has over a hundred million dollars in deferrals. Yeah, I know, and it, it saves pe- so much for the team. It's huge for us if he ever goes down and play at the end of his career. You know, yeah, we're not stuck with that pull host contract that the Angels are stuck with. Another team we will be talking about very oh, soon. Oh, we will. And to me, this signals that the Mets aren't really focused on what's coming up the new player um, agreement at the end of the season mm-hmm. because. Uh, the negotiations do start with the players' union at the end of the season for the collective bargaining agreement. And one of the big things brought up lately is will there be a luxury tax system implemented similar to, to how like the NBA does theirs? And if you're signing a guy to that big of a contract, I think it broke down to over $30 million annually. Mm-hmm. That's You're, gonna, you're gonna, to not going to have a whole lot of roster space left. It needs to be done. There needs to be a luxury tax in, in the MLB. Mm-hmm. But that, that's just me. Um, guys, we're going to move on to our next topic we are going to move on to the quarterback analysis of the draft uh so we will be breaking down our top five quarterbacks in this draft everyone kind of knows them and then we're going to give you guys two under the radar guys uh second round and on maybe undrafted guys that we think should be uh that you should keep your eye on. Yeah, names that names that uh, shouldn't sound too crazy, but uh, guys that we could see actually becoming relevant players in the NFL. Yeah, without a yeah. doubt. Um, so we're going to start off. I'm going to go with my one, and then you hit me with your one. My number one quarterback in this uh, NFL draft is Trevor Lawrence. Sadly, I, that's no one could argue that okay. point. I All think right, at this cool. point, like the dude's insane at this point he, in his career. He's by far the best quarterback coming out of this draft. Mm-hmm. He's experienced, smart, athletic, everything you want from a quarterback coming out of college. Uh, I I didn't really know who to compare him to. I think he's like his own brand, and in a few years, we're gonna start comparing other quarterbacks to him. If I had to compare him to anyone, I would say he's Josh Allen, uh, Herbert-esque guy where he can move. He has a big arm. He can make the throws down the field. Uh, He's smarter than both those guys, though, I think. Um, I think Trevor Lawrence comes into the NFL a top 20 quarterback immediately off the bat. No, I can see that. To me, I compared like my mindset always compared him more to an Elway, where mm-hmm. he does have that athleticism, but I don't think he has Josh Allen's level of athleticism. You're right. I think Elway would be a better uh, comparison. But he has a cannon like Elway. Does. He does. He does. But also the like his accuracy at each level of the field. Um, he does need to work with his progressions a bit. He does have a tendency to, to skip, stare uh, down. Yeah, he to does. stare down a little bit, forget about somebody. But that can be taught. That's no, one of the biggest things. So that's something that can be taught at the pro level. Now. He's probably going to go first overall to the Jacksonville Jaguars. He'll have some weapons to play with down there. Mm-hmm. Um, Jacksonville will also have the first pick of the second round. They, there'll be plenty of options down there to add to those weapons. Um, I think Trevor Lawrence is going to have a uh, season that most first overall picks have, an up-and-down season, but we're going to see a lot of flashes, and I wouldn't be surprised if this guy can win some games for them next year. No, I could definitely see that. Yeah. I, he's going to be a great talent coming yeah, in. Yeah, absolutely. Um Number two, let's talk about just uh, for me, Justin Fields. 
Ah, for me, I was going Zach Wilson just okay. because of the 49ers trade update this morning. I had okay. Justin Fields there originally. Well, this is this is yours. Yeah, this is mine. This isn't who you think is going to get drafted. We're going to do a whole. Oh, we're doing the rating. Then yeah, I agree. Justin Fields. So here. you think Justin Fields is your number two quarterback? I think he is a better quarterback than Zach Wilson at this moment. Yes. Okay. Yeah, we're we're uh, we're not. This isn't a mock draft. A mock okay. draft will be coming. We'll save next that for week. later. Yeah, but that that's the big thing is it's hard with these two guys because they're. They're similar in a lot of ways. But if you had to rank them in your order. I had to rank them Justin Fields. Okay, I agree. I think Justin Fields is... I don't like that Justin Fields is dropping so much. Out of college, or out of high school, he was the second best quarterback uh, out of high school behind Trevor Lawrence. In college, he was really, really good. He put up a lot of great numbers. I know a lot of people are like, he runs a little too much, or he, he can he can make some bad throws. Go put on that Clemson game. Clemson's an elite team. Elite defense. And he had the best college playoff game ever. Mm-hmm. Like he, he balled out. It was next to Joe Burrow, it was the second best performance that quarterbacks had in the playoffs. It was amazing. Um I'm starting. I'm starting to get this feeling that he's going to drop. He did have his pro day today, mm-hmm. and that's going to help his draft stock go back up. But before today, his draft stock was starting to go down, kind of like I saw Deshaun Watson. Do you remember Deshaun Watson's draft? Where, yeah, like, right beforehand, someone like so he, one commentator had a negative point, and it just started trickling through everybody. And it, it it was so he was so widely known to be the best and most productive quarterback out of their draft, mm-hmm. yet a one-year starter like Mitchell Trubisky was propped up as a potential you know, MVP candidate, franchise quarterback, and then the Bears ended up getting bought into the hype, drafting Mitchell Trubisky, and then Deshaun Watson slipped into you know, 12th, and the rest is history. No, and it know? ended up working out in the short term for the Texans. We'll see yeah, how we'll it goes on happens. now. But yeah, yeah, it's not looking great. We'll, we'll give them an update on that next week. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but no, I I really like Fields. He had a four four forty yard dash this uh, crazy in his combine. Only results. one faster than him is uh, Lamar Jackson. Yeah, for a quarterback so far, and RG three, both Ravens quarterbacks, which is amazing. He has a really strong arm, great accuracy. A lot of people are just iffy on him just because of his speed, um, like understanding the uh, rotations mm-hmm. and coverage and uh, picking up blitzes, mm-hmm. which just comes from a lot of the time in the film room, sitting behind somebody, yeah. understanding it a bit more. I, I, I would like Justin Fields to sit behind a quarterback for mm-hmm. a year, but I also don't think he needs it. He I doesn't think, need it, no. I think he can go in and learn. It's going to be a tough first year, but I think he can actually win some games, maybe not playoff games, but you'll see like something good out of him. I think he's – if I had to compare him to someone – I think he does remind me a lot of uh, Watson. He does. He's this big play guy. He can make. He can make plays. He can be the leader of your franchise. Um, sometimes he can't disappear. Yeah, he but, he does have a tendency, especially if you bring pressure on him. He holds yeah. the ball for a good amount of time, like three point yeah seven three point eight seconds. That, that, he holds it for time, a while. Yeah. Um, but I think Fields can be a quarterback where you can wake if you're if you're a fan if he's your quarterback on your team. You wake up every Sunday knowing we could win. Yeah, you have no. a shot. Yes. Yeah, and which that, is a great. That's, which, that's what you want from a quarterback. And if you're a high pick team at this point, you need a quarterback like yeah. that. If you're yeah. if you're the Jets, if you're um, the Jacksonville, you need somebody that you can or, wake up and go. This guy could lead us to. a couple I still wins. have Justin Fields slipping. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think he should be the second quarterback drafted. But I do expect him to be going to more of a Carolina, Denver-esque team. Which wouldn't be bad setup for him because there's a great receivers on both. Yeah, great so weapons. we'll see. Like I've been alluding to, next week will be a mock draft special mm-hmm. where every pick, 
you will have one, then I will have one, then you will have one, then I will have Love one. It. All 32 teams. It'll be a blast. But till then, what's your number three quarterback on your board? My number three has to be Zach Wilson, just because I really like this kid. I know that you saw that one throw and you're like, that's it. I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. no, I mean, to me, I think that he needs to sit out for a season. He's not going to be ready this year. Mm-hmm. He's not going to be that. Um, but he has a really strong arm. He fits balls in the tight windows in his short game. He's a lot. He's really mobile for his size. I really enjoy that to him. Uh, he's not a game breaker, but I compare his speed like to an Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson, where it's like if he I think needs Russell to get Wilson's out more athletic than him. I think a little bit by me in the sense of his like he could get out of the pocket when he needs to pick up a couple yards when he has to but he relies mainly on an arm I think Zach I'm not here for the hype really I uh and I should be there's no reason why I shouldn't like him um he's my number four quarterback so I'll get to him when it's my turn right now I'm going to talk about Mac Jones uh Mac Jones is my number three mm-hmm. um Mac Jones, I've been on the hype train for a long time now. Yeah, I think I started been. the hype train. Um, <laughs> I love Mac Jones. I, I was There was a world a few months ago where I was like, maybe the Colts can get him. That ship has sailed even if we did have the number. like Even if we were the 15th pick in the draft, we wouldn't no, be able to get him. It's not just not happening. Um, the hype train is really big. He's a pro-ready quarterback. I think he's the second most ready quarterback in this draft. Mm-hmm. I think he could just jump in and start. Um I love his accuracy. Um, his deep ball accuracy can be shoddy at times, but uh, he he makes every throw you want on the field. He can make it. Uh, he's not the most mobile. I think he's Kirk Cousins when Kirk Cousins at his best. That's my comparison. Okay, that's not bad. Yeah. No, for and then uh, for my number four overall is Mac Jones for very similar reasons mm-hmm. to you. Um, there's already quite a few AFC teams that are commenting that they don't think he'll be picked up until late third. Or late second, early third. Mac round. Jones. There's some AFC teams that are commenting that they wouldn't touch him until then. Did you see his pro day today? His They're, pro day was great. No, no, no. That Nick Saban, Bill Belichick, uh, the the entire 49ers organization was there. There is a bunch of reports saying he's not falling out of the ten. Well, that, that's why I qualified it by saying AFC teams specifically yeah. because um, that that's being reported by Walter Football and yeah. a lot of well, what, there's no a AFC. lot of the people that they talk to. Yeah, our teams already have QBs. Yeah, so I mean that that is a biased little thing, but yeah. I can see him. I'm, how about this? If you feel strongly about that, I'll make a bet. I guarantee you, he gets picked in the top sixteen, and if he doesn't, I'll give you a hundred dollars cash. I could take that. If he does, you I'll, owe uh, me yeah, $100, $100 cash. I'll take Mac Jones. Shake my hand right now. I'll take Mac Jones in the top 16. Top 16. I like that because right. to me, it's there's a lot of question on uh, – there's, there's a lot of big questions on, hey, how much was supported by a great run game, keeping defensive honest. Fantastic. Yeah. He had a great receiving core, like two of the I, I best agree. receivers. So there, there is that. I could see him being Kirk Cousins at his limit, like as the high end. I could also see him being an AJ McCarron if he comes in and not just another Alabama quarterback. Just another Alabama quarterback. I, I understand that and I, I that, can that's see what it makes too. me iffy on I him. think he has a a low ceiling. He does. What like, you see is what you get about I, like, I what think you he'll see get right better. I think he can become better and I think he can be a solid pro. I think he'd be a top twenty quarterback. I don't think there will be a, a world though where Mac Jones is a top five quarterback ever. I think he'll be a solid franchise piece though. Yeah. I, he can definitely be an every week starter, but mm-hmm. I don't know if he has 
depending on he what doesn't team, have a wow factor. he doesn't he have that doesn't wow have factor. Wow factor. He, he doesn't have yeah. that game-breaking talent. My, my number four is Zach Wilson, so I'm going to get on my soapbox about fa- Zach Wilson. Oh, let's hear it. I, there's no reason why I shouldn't like Zach Wilson. I like he he can make every throw. He has a fun arm. He's athletic. He he can throw at different levels even when his feet aren't at the right position. Very Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers-esque. Here's the problem. I don't think there's a world where Zach Wilson doesn't start his first first game. I think mm. Zach Wilson wherever he gets tra- drafted, he's starting game 1. Wow. Which is a terrible situation That's for him. not good for him because he, that is the one big thing issue with him is he's not used he's, to game speed or pressure He's not yet. pro-ready. I've also seen this story be told before. A one-year starter playing subpar talent mm-hmm. on a subpar team gets drafted in the top five. Yeah. His name is Mitchell Trubisky. And that's who this guy reminds me of. I watched a lot of Mitchell Trubisky at North Carolina. He he really does remind me of Mitchell Trubisky. Not that I don't like Mitchell Trubisky. I just don't think he's he's that. You know, he's just not, he's not that elite. guy. No. He's not elite. Um, I, I don't think Zach Wilson can. I think he can be elite. I just don't think it's going to happen for him. I think he needs to put, be put in the perfect system. If you sit him behind someone, he can become an Aaron Rodgers-esque quarterback. Uh, but if I had to compare him today, he's Mitchell Trubisky. That's that's what, that's what I'm saying. No, and I'm I'm okay with that. Like the one the one big issue I have with Zach Wilson is he didn't get pressured. He was only pressured 21.6 percent of his dropbacks last season, eighth lowest in the FBS and second lowest out of this class out of this class so far. Yeah, of quarterbacks that we're talking about. That's not going to happen for him in the NFL. No, it's so he's going to have to get used to if he's speeding projected, up his game. Like everyone's saying, number two to the Jets. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry to tell him, but he's going to have a rough, rough season. Yeah, he will be, without a doubt. But um, I think I'm hoping that for the best for him. Yeah. I think we have the same five then, right? Uh, the only thing that we flipped was Mac Jones and Zach Wilson because I'm a little higher on him. Cause I yeah, think, yeah. I mean, I think some teams are willing to wait a season because mm-hmm. most of the teams that need a QB at least have some kind of option yeah. right now. Well, I think Fields for me is number two because he has the highest ceiling of all yes, these quarterbacks. Yes, out of all of them. Um, but you know who has a, a, another high ceiling is the guy we're about to talk about, Trey Lance. Oh, goodness. Tr- are you not sold on Trey Lance? I, I, I'm worried about him. I, I am worried about him, too. He only attempted 18 passes per game, uh, but he was also undefeated. He won two national championships. He's True. never lost. Or I think he's lost one game his entire college uh, per, like career, mm-hmm. um, he did play in North Dakota, so you know the stigma of like the Division One A or One B like thing where they don't play as good talent. Sure, he's a runner. He reminds me a lot of Lamar Jackson um, when I see him play with less speed. I think he's still fast. I think what if Trey Lance gets drafted, he is the second most dangerous quarterback uh, with with legs in the league. I think he's above Kyler in ability to run, just behind Lamar. I give him the ability to take bigger hits than Lamar. Yes. And Lamar's a lot more explosive than Trey Lance. I'll give you that. Um, They're both similar in passing ability. I think we both have come to an agreement that Lamar does have limitations when it comes to the passing game. Yeah, because he, he does, like I, like yes. I said, he does drop it sidearm, yeah. and that limits your ball a lot. I think Trey Lance also has limits, but I would say Trey Lance is a better, pa- has the ability to be a better passer than Lamar and a less skilled runner, but they're both very, very neck and neck to me when I when I see them. No, for my pick overall here, I, I was going with Kyle Trask. 
He, I rolled the dice. So on you him. don't like Trey Lance? I, I have Trey Lance just right behind Trask. I think okay. Trask has shown more improvement, mm-hmm. and that sh- that says a big sign to me where he went from thirty two point nine under pressure as a passer rating uh, in twenty nineteen to seventy one point one in twenty twenty. He's second in that category among all the quarterbacks yeah. that we're going to talk about today. Um, he has upgraded his game a lot. He's not as mobile. I will say that. A he's lot. not mobile he's, at all. He's, he's not mobile at all. Mac like, Jones makes him look like, like me running next yeah, to him. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. But, I mean, at the same time, he is, I think, a more NFL-ready quarterback at this moment than Trey Lance. I don't. I, I think Kyler, Kyle Trask is... Uh, a bust of busts. I think he's a ba- uh, like a third string guy, a guy who will not be in the league in the next four years mm-hmm. at all. I, I don't see anything in him. I've never seen it, even in college, even in the games that he plays. He's got fantastic targets in Kyle Pitts and Tooney. Um, he's got a great offensive line. He's when he played tough competition, he faltered. That's just a fact. He played he played against LSU and lost. He mm-hmm. played against Alabama and lost. Played against Georgia and lost. That's just what he did. Yeah. No, I mean, that that's the thing is when we're getting to this level of quarterbacks, the risk increases dramatically. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, so there is more. Um, so my number six, my wild card guys, guys I think are going to be second rounders and on. So you believe Trey Lance will be a second round guy? I think that he can be a late second, mid third. He'll so. How many quarterbacks do you think are getting drafted in the first round? In the first round, at most, I see four. At the very highest, I could see, I I could see Trevor Lawrence obviously as the one. Fields and Wilson floating around there. I could see Mac Jones sliding to the end of the first, somewhere in the second. So do you not? So you're, you're you're saying for sure three then, right? For sure three. So you go. I I I'm predicting right now one, two, three quarterback, and then Carolina has been 100 percent in on a quarterback. I think Trey Lance is ending up. Trey Lance or Justin Fields is ending up in Carolina. I could I could see that. I just don't know if I see. You think New England gets to they gets to New England and Justin Fields or Trey Lance or Mac Jones is on the board and they don't go get him. I think that I don't know. That's the thing is it's hard to tell with Belichick right now because he's rolling the dice with Cam. He's had all those quarterback pro days. He has had a lot of pro days. I just traditionally I'm looking at Belichick as like I'm not used to seeing him in this mentality Mm -hmm. of we need to get it right now. I'm used to seeing the sit back, wait, we'll find our guy later on, so we don't need to spend up for him. Gotcha. And build weapons. So I could see that being. They'll build weapons first and then get their quarterback. So who are some of these guys that you love later on in the draft that you can see being great guys? Uh, well, the one that I think we both uh, talked about we uh, in the past was David uh, Mills. Davis Mills? Yeah, Davis yeah, Mills. Yeah, right, I love Davis, yeah, Mills. Davis I'm, Mills. I'm a little I was biased, like, You're just waiting on that, um, I know. Davis like, Mills is a Stanford quarterback. He only played 11 games. He uh, he was the number one quarterback coming out of, call, uh, out of high school mm-hmm. uh, for his class. He's fantastic, but Stanford really screwed the pooch on him. Did not put him in situations to win. Did not put skilled players around him. Um, look, he's under the radar for a reason. He didn't put up crazy numbers. Yeah. But what he did do, he put out progression. He was Really, really good. He did not turn over the ball. He kept team. He kept his team competitive. He can move. He's six five. He's the prototypical quarterback. He reminds me of a Josh Allen esque quarterback to the max. Um, maybe not as mobile, but this big guy who can move, who's got a big arm. Justin Herbert, just just this just this monster. 
I can see that. Ah, to me. No, better comparison. He's Matthew Stafford. That's okay. what I see out of him. See, I'm I'm worried about him just for a little bit. Like, I think he should have um, stayed in Stanford for one more season because he was eligible yeah, for he one was more eligible. year there. I would have done that because it's he just is hard just... to tell those kids stay at Stanford for one more year and take classes and bust your ass for one yeah because Stanford's a ridiculously hard school but the the biggest issue is his um downfield throws to me that that's the it biggest is, worry I have he had the worst turnover uh play rate mm-hmm. over 10 yards since 2019 out of any uh, yeah, college quarterback I wrote He's in my drafted. in my notes right here that he compared that I compared him to Derek Carr I don't know why I said Matthew Stafford I was just <laughs> getting hyped um no he does definitely remind me of Derek Carr he does definitely check down the ball a lot but I do see a lot of a lot of skills that he has you know no he, he has a lot of talent there that needs to be refined yeah. uh, but to me, like my next guy that I really like is uh, Jamie Newman from Jamie Newman from yeah Georgia yeah. Wake Forest. He played for both schools because his downfield ball is something that Davis Mills just does not have. Like mm-hmm. he has a touch that just I don't know how he's developed it for considering he's at a school like mm-hmm. Wake Forest, but just he has a great downfield touch. Uh, he has played in more college style offenses and pro style offenses, yeah, so that, there that, is that issue. Yeah. But I can see him being a good backup. I could see him being a great like yeah, and that's, if you that's need what you're to turn for to you. a guy. Yeah, that's what, what we're looking for in the later yeah, rounds. As I, like a, a guy that can 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 become something. Uh, my, my last guy is Kellen Mond. He is a Texas A&M quarterback. Really, really good guy. He's athletic. He's a guy who can make great throws, but needs a lot of developing. Needs a year or two behind. This is a guy that I'm starting to hear a lot of buzz about. Uh, Davis Mills is starting to get a lot of buzz as well as being a a quarterback selected at the end of the first round now. Yeah, I can um, see that. Kellen Mond is is kind of this guy that's like a third rounder starting to get some hype uh, in the third round of a, of a guy that you can put behind a veteran like Big Ben or like Matthew uh, Matt Ryan mm-hmm. and say, hey, develop here for a year or two, um, and you can become Dak Prescott. Because I really do think when I see him play, I see a lot of Dak he did play in a lot more of a spread system than most of these quarterbacks, kind of like the Wake Forest guy. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I see a lot of potential for him. No, he has a lot. Uh, Jimbo Fisher for A&M is known to have one of the most difficult offensive playbooks yeah, to learn in it's, college it's football. It's like a play. It's like a pro slash spread system. That they it have. is. So I, I give him a lot there. The football IQ has to be there for him to perform does, at that level. A, yeah. Um, and he did have. He threw the third most passes, which he led a receiver over the middle of the field in uh, deep and intermediate passes. Mm-hmm. Led that since 2018. Yeah. Like he had the most thrown last season since 2018. Yeah. It's just he doesn't have consistency drive he to drive, and that's my not. biggest issue. He does not, but Texas A&M doesn't have skill players anymore. They just that's don't. True. They don't. Um, but he generated. He only had a big-time throw rate, so like those big special throws that yeah. you see in the NFL. He only had – he was just shy of 3%, which rated in the – bottom 10 of FBF's quarterbacks who had uh, last season. Mm-hmm. Like, he just could not hit those big throws. When yeah, he, all the he time. struggled a lot, but you're, you're, you draft him for the potential of what he can be. And I That's think true. he's a leader in the locker room, and I think he can be one of these one of these guys in the late rounds that can develop into a starter. No, yeah, I'm not trying to yeah. temper him as no, a, like a late yeah. starter. It's just what we're looking at, where the pros and cons of these guys are. All right, guys, we're going to get into our next segment. It is time for game time. Let's update you on some March Madness. That's Ooh, happening. Yes. Um. So UCLA versus Alabama is probably the best game of the of the tournament so far. Can we both agree on that? 
I personally, I loved that game. That was exciting to watch. That 11 lead changes, that was a good nail-biter. Amazing game. The entire game was just, oh, is UCLA going to figure this game out? Uh, Alabama trying to come back and score. Oh, my God. It, it's, the clutch three-pointer Alabama hit to send OT. To like, oh, my god. I goodness. lost my mind. I'm watching it with, with uh, my brother who had Alabama in our, in our bracket, our $1 bracket for the 100, and uh, my brother's just – devastated just watching it go down <laughs> and he's just he's just like why why is this happening i'm like hey you gotta give it to the pac-12 bud they're they're great yeah. they're no great. they're ama- bill walton i think might be able to see the damn future yeah because this man had five teams making it to the sweet 16 out of the pac-12 yep. and he was just one off yeah I know, like Colorado. This, oh my goodness this guy is crazy for saying that but it's it showed why the Pac-12 should be referred to more and more in the conversation. I, I'm, I'm taking a victory lap, buddy. Yeah, no, this is I, great. I love the Pac-12. I, I sing about the Pac-12 to everyone, and people are like, oh, I don't like college athletics. They're like, dude, the Pac-12 is the worst one. And I'm like, no, we're it's not. It's just the underrated one. We just have terrible representation um, and coaching sometimes. We have such great skill, and like our team's really good. Just give us a chance, and <laughs> look at this. We're in the basketball tournament. We, we might only have one team in the Final Four, but like That's no one. No one had us in the Final Four. If UCLA wins today and USC is getting smacked right now, it's 26-41. No, Gonzaga, goodness. Yeah. But even if this is where it ends, to have four teams in the Elite Eight or three teams in the Elite Eight, that's not bad. That's more than any other division at this point. Yes. On top of that, like UCLA showed why they deserve to be there. Alabama lost it in uh, free throw shooting complete. That's the biggest point everyone's yeah. hitting them. They only shot 44% from the free throw line, 11 of 25. UCLA was clutch. They yeah. had 20 of 25. They're clutch. They're and that was awesome. the differential. They had nine more free throws, and they won by 10 yeah. points. That, one, that, that made a huge difference in this game. Don, UCLA is great, and I, I'm going to be rooting for them. I've been rooting for them. You don't like UCLA. Well, you told me a few weeks ago, Michigan State was. going to I thought beat Michigan them. State was going to route them. I honestly did, and, and you I'm, were wrong. I'm happy to be wrong. That's nah, fine. I'm yeah. excited to be wrong it's on fun. this. It's it's been a lot of fun. Um, before we get into the Baylor versus the world situation, I do want to talk about Oral Roberts. R.I.P. Oral Roberts. Um, leave it to Oral Who to not get the job done. You know, um, Jesus. Uh, <laughs> no, they were the Cinderella story that we were all hoping yeah. for, yeah. and oh my goodness, like it. They, Look, they competed better than we all thought they did. We're and happy for you. We're, we're Loyola also, uh, that nun, she, 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 you know, maybe you'll be back next year. I think they will be. Yeah, I mean, they're a really good team. They have and she'll court. be 102, and you got more to play for yeah. at that point. Oregon State, you let me down last night. Uh, you did your best, but you covered the spread, and that's all we can ask of you that's guys. That's all I think they're Seven and no in tournament spreads. Undefeated. <laughs> oh <gosh>. Good teams <laughs> win games. Great teams cover the spreads. Even with the last minute three, they knew what the spread was, yep, and they, they went in they with went that. They went for it. They drew up a play, and they're like, we're just going to cover the spread for Dio Reynoso. And that's all that matters. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. fucking love them. Um, <laughs> and Baylor. Baylor and Gonzaga versus the world. Uh, I can clearly just say this. They are the best teams in the in the divi- in the bracket right now. Right now, it's looking like Gonzaga might make a Final Four appearance unless something crazy happens. Yeah, I mean it's college basketball, so anything crazy yeah. can happen. But I agree, it looks like Gonzaga's kind of. They're both up. like so far ahead of everyone. Do you think Houston can give them a run for their money in the Final Four matchup? I don't have a whole lot of faith in Houston there, just because Houston has the best defense remaining out of the teams that are still Correct. eligible to play. They have. Um, they rated, I think, uh, one of the best uh, defenses in terms of leading the nation in field goal defense average. Mm-hmm. Um, they, yeah, they have the best in the tournament. 
I just don't think they're used to playing against a team that has a three-headed monster like Baylor does. Yeah, they played a lot of crazy. teams that were one or two main scoring options. Baylor has Butler, Teague, and Mitchell. 41% shooting from the field. They're, those three guys alone are averaging 47, yeah. nearly 47 points a game. It's wild. Uh, i got to give it to Baylor and Gonzaga. They really are putting themselves above mm-hmm. everyone else. And I also got to give it to Gonzaga. You want to hear a crazy stat? Let's hear it. For the first time ever in the Elite Eight history, um, seven of the eight teams are east of the Missi- or west of the Mississippi. That's insane. Which means none of those blue blood schools that we're used to are there. I mean, UCLA's in it. Gonzaga's quickly becoming a blue blood school. Yes, they are at this point. They have to be mentioned. But they need to win a championship. Mm-hmm. We both picked them in our brackets to win a championship. I think majority of the United States um, did. <laughs> Baylor's going to give them a run for their money if they can. I, that I, My dream matchup right now is UCLA versus Baylor. That's my dream matchup, and UCLA wins it. Mm-hmm. Um, my other but, dream matchup is Gonzaga versus Baylor. I think that game is go, becomes an all-time offensive shootout. We'll see what happens because we'll be able to cover it next week. Yeah, I can't wait for that. Yeah. I think Baylor has a great uh, foot up on Houston coming in because mm-hmm. they've played 12 of the top 30 ranked schools already. Mm-hmm. Houston's only played two. Yeah. And that kind of mental fortitude of playing those top ranked schools is showing in Baylor's game a yep. lot through this tournament. For sure. All right, guys, let's move on to the next segment. It is Beast of the Week. Of the week. All right, guys. My beast of the week this week is Zion Williamson. He's been ball handling. He's been clutch. 39 points. And then the next day, dropped a 38 bomb. A bunch of assists. A bunch of rebounds. They're pretty much saying, you're our point guard now. Go go dunk on people. Well, because no one wants to step up to his size and body frame. And I he's so I scary to, to defend. I wouldn't want to. Yeah, Don, who's your beast of the week? Mine, I'm going to the NHL pool again. I'm loving Adam Fox for the Rangers. I don't know I if you know. I love him, too. I okay. do love him. There's, and we'll, uh, we'll allude to that in gambling ring later. Okay. I, I love this kid right now. He has averaged um, 11 points and 10 assists in the last week. Uh, he also has just hit his hundredth game played in the NHL. Yeah, he's a very young kid. Yeah, uh, for this defenseman position, and he put up his career best five points in his hundredth game. Yeah, as a defenseman, that's crazy. He's he's a beast. Yeah, he's he's playing great. He's on a, a running point streak now of seven games in a row. Yeah, and I could see him keeping that. His streak Vegas odds for uh for MVP are starting to climb. Um, you can put a hundred dollars on him right now and win like twelve grand. It's fantastic. I'm kidding. It's like twelve hundred dollars. Yeah, it's still not, pretty good odds. No, it's still great odds. Yeah. But, and he's making it into the conversation. He deserves it. Yeah, he's it. fantastic. Uh, yeah, that was that was beast of the week. I think Zion and Adam Fox. Congratulations. You'll be getting your medal in the mail soon. Uh, guys, let's move on to the gambling ring. We got a few bets we want to take. Uh, we're gonna go through this kind of fast because we have a huge MLB segment to go to. So. Gambling ring. I'm taking Baylor basketball versus Houston minus five. Uh, I think they're going to cover it. I yeah. Baylor's beaten most of the teams handedly. I'm not going to so argue too. this. And I think that that, that they're going to end up at the championship either way. Uh, I don't think Houston has a huge shot, but if they do, mm, this will be one of the great upsets. Even yeah, though Houston's be. only like a two, a two seed. seed. Yeah, It'll be two versus a one seed. It's not even that big of an upset. Um, Next game I'm taking is the Jazz over the Bulls. Uh, the spread's not out yet, so we're doing projected lines. I would take them up to a minus seven. Yeah. If it goes seven and a half, I'll take the Bulls, but minus seven is the farthest I'm taking for the Jazz. Jazz are elite. They're dominant, and they cover the spread, baby. Yeah, they're one of the leading NBA teams in covering spreads. I wouldn't I, I wouldn't 
be surprised if they cover yeah. again against the Bulls. And then my last game I'm going to bet on is the Rangers over the Sabres, uh, a hockey bet. I will take the – I'm going to bet the line straight up that they win, but I'm also going to take the spread at minus one, one and a half, and I will take the under no matter what it is. Really? No matter what it is. I mean, the if Rangers – If it's a five under, I'll take it. Wow. The Rangers do have an elite defense, so that yeah. wouldn't surprise me. The Sabres have been struggling. Um for me, I'm just going with two this week that I'm feeling really confident in. I like the Trailblazers over to the Thunder. Mm-hmm. I'm taking it up to a minus five and a half. I think the Thunder are just struggling, right? Like they have been all season. Trailblazers, this is their time to go pounce and try to go and win some decisive games, climb on the Lakers in the standings, mm-hmm. and they need to turn on the heat, which I think they will. My other big one is the Lightning over the uh, Red Wings. Most hockey spreads are about minus one and one a half, half, plus yeah. one and a half. So I take them at the minus one and a half. Lightning are first in the Central Division. They have a plus 41 score differential in the season. Red Wings are last in their division, a minus 36 score differential. Jesus. This just smells like a blowout to me. Wow. that That's a pretty good bet. I'm, I might take that one later. Um, all right. Let's move on to the Your Last Resort Parlay. I didn't hit mine two weeks in a row, but I, I'm feeling really confident about this. All one. right. Put a lot of time and effort into my parlay. You ready for this? Let's hear it. Friday, I'm taking all NBA bets. I'm doing the Celtics over the Rockets. Okay. I'm taking the Jazz over the Bulls. Mm-hmm. Saturday, I'm taking the 76ers over the Timberwolves. I'm taking the Jazz again over the Magic, who is just rebuilding their team. They traded everybody away. Yeah, they sent everyone away. And then I'm taking the Pacers over the Spurs, a team that is also rebuilding. Spurs are kind of just wave the white flag, and they're like, oh, we're not doing this, while the Pacers are still trying to get in a good position in the East. No, that's that's a solid lineup there. I wouldn't be surprised. I'm taking a few of those games similarly. I saw, I saw. Like Friday, I am doing the Celtics over the Rockets with you. Celtics mm-hmm. need to keep up with the Nets and the Bucks and the yeah, 76ers. They need to just get in. They yeah. have to. Um, I'm taking the Suns over the Thunder on Friday. Um, like I said earlier, I think the Thunder are just struggling, mm-hmm. so they kind of have to. Saturday, I'm taking the 76ers over the T-Wolves, same as you. That's just an easy game in my mind. Uh, Heat over the Cavaliers. And then the Trailblazers of the Thunder because I'm taking their spread. I like that Trailblazers over the Thunder pick. I'm probably going to take that one, Don. That one's really, really good. That one's a lot of fun. Um, all right, guys. Let's go into the last segment of the show. It is Predict the Future. We're going to talk about some MLB news. Don, do you have anything to say right now? Uh, the MLB news, if you guys haven't been following what's been going on building up to this offseason, we got three days. They had some of the most insane spring training. There was the longest at bat in MLB history yeah. the, other, the other week ago. Oh my goodness! I think it went over. Like there was even confusion whether or not he was walked at the end because the up call three. It was crazy. Um, so <laughs> so much fun. Hype this for is our season. MLB preseason breakdown. We're gonna be giving you a few teams that are uh, MLB World Series contenders. Uh, a few teams that we think are uh, wild card teams that could, you know, make a run, mm-hmm. and then just some teams that are just the worst teams that we think are. If you're a fan of, sorry, it's like, gonna it's be a tough be, season. Yeah. So let's start with the best. We'll, we'll we'll start with the good, the bad, and then the ugly. All right. All right. All right. With the good, the best, number one team, everyone has it. All betting odds, the Dodgers, the reigning champions. They're back. Uh, I would say even better. Yeah, they added Trevor Bauer to that lineup. Hate him or love him on the stuff that's been going on where he's talking about foreign substances lately. Yeah. 
he's collecting a lot of controversy, but you can't deny he's a great pitcher. The Dodgers, David Price is also back for them this season. The Dodgers have no real weakness. Uh, maybe you one. could say they're like batting. Like maybe uh, maybe took a step back a little bit, um, but Mookie is going to lead this team to another championship. I am a Dodgers fan, so I'm a little bit biased. If I take my bias out of this, this is a team I do not want to see in the playoffs in the regular season. I mean, they just beat their division rivals yesterday, ten to two. So no, our, it's a scary team. Our city rivals. They beat the Angels ten to two. So yeah, the, suck at Angels. Freeway series. Yeah. Fun um, fact: Did you know they shared a stadium in the '60s or '70s? I want to say. Really? Yeah, it was just called Chavez because uh, they're in the Chavez ravine. It was just yeah. called Chavez Field because the Angels didn't have their own stadium. That for sounds a while. right. They're the ugly stepchild, bro. They are they're literally. It's, yeah. it's sad. Um, number two team I want to talk about: your New York Yankees. Yes, Donovan is um, a Yankees fan. I am. I have been. Um, there's a lot of personal reasons I get into later on that, but uh, to me oh, they the, have the fans have heard they they don't like the fact that you're a Lakers fan. We've we've talked about this. Yeah, that's fine. Um, um, but no, to me they have the most explosive bats in the league. They have uh, Jason Talman and Corey Kluber, who's added to that pitching rotation, making a lot more depth there. Uh, Louis Savano expected to come back from his Tommy John surgery as well. Well, so that, that's the headline. That's the headline. Him and yeah. DJ LeMahieu coming back. Yankees. Super talented team because they always are because they just pay people. The problem is injuries. Yeah, and that that's what trashed them and, last season. And playing up to the level of what they should be playing. At. Mm-hmm. Aaron Judge did not have the the, the season he should have last year. Well, because he yeah he was dealing with those injuries as well, and um, that that did knock Cole him. was not pitching at the mm-hmm. level that he should be. Maybe this team needed to take a season back because it was a funky season last year. They come back. Maybe they're, they're contenders. Vegas has them at the number two odds. I believe that they are the second best team in the MLB and uh, in in a, in a really tough conference that I think they're going to be in commanding control of. Yeah, when they play up to their abilities, they're, I don't see many yeah. teams being able to keep up. He, all right, so the last team I'm going to talk about being the best team is like a fringe of a wild card slash like really uh, World Series contender. Okay. And that's the Padres. All right. They are in the same division as the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. They are our rivals. Slam Diego is a real thing. We've talked about it in another episode uh, with Dom Hewton. You guys can uh, listen to that. But here's what I'm going to talk about right now. They got better. They, they added did. the best pitcher of last season. They added you, Darvish, Blake Snell, and Joe Musgrove to that rotation. It's it's a better pitching. It's they're it's they're great at hitting. Huge upgrades on their yeah. pitching. They're already a solid uh, batting lineup there. The problem is the experience. Will yes. the experience shine? Now they did add more veteran players with the young guys. Will this be enough for them to get to the next level? I think so. I think they will be one of the better teams. I do not think that they have a shot to win the division. But if they get hot, which they did last year, mm-hmm. they are the most deadly team in the league. I can see that. Um, a lot of predictions and computer models, because I love following yeah. those, they have the Padres finishing as the third best overall uh, record in the MLB, right behind the Dodgers and Yankees, mm-hmm. but they only have the Padres at a 26 percent chance out of like the thousand simulations they run. They only win that division 26. Yeah, of them out of the yeah, 26%. So less than a fourth of a chance. Yeah, yeah, or so it's more than a fourth, ju- a little just more. slightly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so and it has the Dodgers at a 72. They have to go through the Dodgers. They That's do. what's going to have to happen for this team. And uh, it's going to be a great rivalry this year. I am actually super excited no, to see the Padres. Games. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, if you don't know the Padres organization too well and you're getting into their games, They're watch trash. Ha Sung Kim. 
It's a new young kid they just picked up from the Korean baseball uh, organization, their mm-hmm. league there. He has an explosive bat when he played over in the KBO. Yeah. And I think it can translate really well for them uh, into the into America for him. I, uh, I actually have a favorite Korean basketball baseball team. Ooh. The Nixon. Uh, they're called the Nixon Riders. Mm-hmm. I actually have a varsity jacket of their head coach on my back, uh, like on, in my closet. I love it's it. It's awesome. Yeah. No, Don't know why I have it. I found it thrifting one day. Uh, these are a few of the wild card MLB teams that we think are going to slip into that wild card spot uh, and maybe be even a World Series contender. My team, I don't know if you have this team, but for me, the Washington Nationals. This is a team that had just won a national championship in the last regular season that we had. They still have most of their core there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're just going to figure out what they did wrong last year, get back to the lab, and just get, get some of that magic back, come back and get into the playoffs. No, I like the Nationals here a lot. Like the NL East is a pretty stacked it's, division it's traditionally. It's the most stacked division. Yeah, it's it's going to be rough to go through there, but uh Steven Strasburg was out for a lot of last season with his injury. Him coming back is going to be a big step. John Lester, Josh Bell, Brad Hand, all new additions to this pitching rotation. A lot of depth here. Juan Soto should return back to his borderline MVP form. I like it. Yeah, and this next team that we're going to talk about is the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. But before we talk about that, we actually have a message from a new listener. He is a Angels fan. Let's give it up for our OC Angels fan. Yo, super fan sports. What's up, guys? It's Tanner, huge fan, longtime listener from the OC, you know, HB area, bro. I just wanted to say that you guys are totally sleeping on the Angels this season. Like, First off, we have that guy, he's from um, Japan or China or one of those countries, Otani. He can throw and hit, bro. Uh, We got Michael Trout, bro, the best player in the MLB. We We revamped our pitching. We got some old guy who used to be good as coach, bro. Like, I don't think that you guys really understand that we're about to take over the whole OC and greater area with how good the Angels are. But yeah, man, OC is up next. We got Rendon, Otani, Trout, uh, Upton's going to turn it around. Angels easily taking the division, man. 100 wins. All right, that guy uh, smokes crack rocks, Donovan. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he he's a typical... OC guy. I, I should have known. He, he was going to sound like a surfer. It's OC. Yeah. Um, Don, do you have anything to say about the Angels? Uh, I think if the Angels are going to make a push for playoffs, it has to be this year. Um, it would be the second time in Trout's career. Astros and the A's aren't as strong as they were in last seasons. Their rosters have taken a big hit. They added uh, Jose uh, Cañeda and Alex I thought you were about Cobb. to say Jose Canseco. I was like, that's not going to No, help that's them. not it. And Otani's <laughs> finally healthy, adding more to the pitching, adding more to the batting. All right, Otani has been a huge bright spot. He's smacking yes. the ball in spring camp. He's throwing out 101. Like, it's, He's it's a all freak about, athlete. Yeah, it's going to be about control for him. Yeah. Um, I will temper expectations slightly just because we have a lot of people being really high on the Angels this season. Yeah. Last season, they had a 5.09 ERA for 26th best in the MLB. Yeah. They also finished uh ninth in runs scored and tenth in home runs on the season. Well, that so is, they're, they're, they're they're good at hitting. They're gonna they're good at hitting, but they need to upgrade that pitching position. They need more depth in that bullpen. Yeah, and that's always season. been their problem. They they seem to be paying guys like Justin Upton and like 
Albert Pujols and Mike Trout got that fat contract and they're paying more guys to go hit. And they're just like, yeah, Otani will finally get to pitching. Maybe he won't, though. You know? Yeah, you don't know. It's <laughs> yeah. going to be interesting. So they rely on, yeah, they do rely on their bats to do the heavy lifting. For I think the weeks. Angels might not be that World Series contender, but I do think that they can sneak into the playoffs. Yeah. I think they can win their division. Their division is a little tougher, uh, but the A's are going to take a step back. Houston's supposed to take a step back but they also made playoffs last year so who knows what the Houston we'll Astros are. Yeah. By computer modeling they have the Angels and Athletics only two games apart mm-hmm. uh, 84, 78 and then 82 and 80. Which is not playoff bound. Wait, borderline. They yeah. have I think 15, 16 so right on that wild yeah. card-esque yeah. spot well, right there. That's why they're here in this wild card spot. Uh, next we're going to talk about the team that I've been most excited to talk about is the New York Mets. The Mets oh. are dope, bro. Mets are interesting. The Mets They're... are dope. Look, I've been talking about them. <laughs> They've been adding to this team. They actually have talent. I think this is the year that they take the next step to show the New York Yankees, hey, you're not the only team in New York. We're here. We're queer. We're all about it. I mean, they have one of the top ten bullpens in the MLB. They do. Uh, they added Carlos Carreso and Noah Syndergaard, uh, who's back from his Tommy John surgery. Mm-hmm. They're an interesting team, without a doubt. Mm-hmm. I want to wait and see how this contract negotiations go. Yeah, because that, that's going to affect a lot of gonna sign play. Him. They they have to. They yeah. have to. He's um, the best player. No, without Lindor. without a doubt, Lindor is. Uh, one big thing with Lindor is he did give him a hard deadline of if he gets an extension, yeah, it has to yeah. be in three days, opening yeah. day. So if he, they don't get it in, I don't know how he's going to act inside he, that dugout. He'll be fine. He'll be he's he'll be a big boy. He'll figure it out. They're going to play great. I think the Mets have a honest-to-God chance of making a World Series. I think they can get hot. They can figure it out. As long as they don't get hit with that injury bug, but this is every team, they can do it. Yeah, I could definitely see them. They have a, they have a great shot at it. Don, you have another team you think can fit into this little uh, little bubble. I threw in the Cubs. Like I know they struggled a lot last season. They, they've, been, they've been pretty ass. Yeah, they, their, rota- their rotation lost four uh, veterans. Um, Chris Bryant, Javier Baez, and Anthony Rizzo are all free agents coming up at the end of the mm-hmm. season. Uh, to me, this is just a big push of they have to return to form. They have to go back and start what, winning games. What to form keep these can three they turn guys. into though? When that was five, six years ago, that when they won a World Series. True, but the AL Central, like it's not as like it is competitive. You have the Indians. You have the White Sox. Oh, we don't call them the Indians. We just call them that Cleveland team. That Cleveland team. My yeah. apologies. I, yeah. I don't know if it has they officially yeah, officially changed. Not yet, or? but it's gonna happen. Okay, so just yeah, we're getting get ahead, ahead of it. We're getting ahead okay. of the curve. Yeah, I'm fine with that. The Twins. It is a very or uh, my apologies, AL Central, NL Central. Uh, yeah, the Brewers above them. It's a competitive division, mm-hmm. but I could see them squeaking out a few games, making it into that wild card spot and sliding in because they just have a lot of talent on yeah. their roster. They do have a lot of talent on that roster. It's just like, can they figure it out? Can they play together there? It's a lot of like uh, like, a, like a Frankenstein-esque team. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we've seen these teams do something before. Yeah, with and with only the Brewers really the biggest team in division above them. I can see them sliding up a little For bit. For sure. Um, let's get into the worst. This is easy. The Orioles are the worst team I've ever seen. On paper. When I, I talk, I'll, I'll make a bet with you. I don't think they're the worst team this season. Mm. I think two teams finished below them. 
Give me. Yeah, let, let Look, me. Let we'll me talk get, it through. Yeah. We'll talk it through. I'll let you um, zoom on that. I, every I time, love this. So I actually met with a with another comedian. He's from Baltimore. He's a diehard Orioles fan. And when right. I tried to talk to him about how positive he was on his team, he said, "And I quote, um, I don't care because we're ass." Oof. And I was like, "What do you mean?" He said doesn't matter whatever happens we're going to be the worst team in the league i don't believe that they're going to be the worst team in the league i think the next team i'm going to talk about is the worst team in the league the orioles for them it's all about identifying what pieces they have but that's just a fancy way of saying they don't have anyone on their team right now yeah i mean to me they're a farm system they're a farm system right now uh adley rutschman who's one of their biggest prospects Mm -hmm. most hype guys is going to make his debut this season yeah he kind of has to i think at this point uh, Trey Mashoni is back after he beat colon cancer, uh, but at the same time they didn't really add anybody. They traded away Jose Iglesias to the Angels as a shortstop. What's what's the number you'll bet me on on total wins for them? Will you take me at thirty eight? Total wins? Oh, they'll they'll, they'll cover thirty eight because they're think playing they thirty eight. They're, they're playing a full season. Yes. Yeah. So I think at I think they float around the like 60 100 and like 60 wins 102 losses somewhere around there. I don't think they fall down. You want to put the number yet. at 61? I'm okay with 61. So I'd if be they okay hit, with 61. If they hit more than 61 wins, you win the bet. Okay. If I if they hit I, let's do this one for chickens. You already owe three chickens on me. Yeah. All right. Let's let's add another three. Another three chickens? Another three chickens. Okay, I'm so good with some the chickens. Border, you double it. All right, cool. All right, so for those you, who don't know what chickens are, chickens are at any point in time, no matter what the situation is, if Donovan yells chicken at me, I have to uh, do the chicken dance. Do, do I don't want to be dance. a chicken. I don't want to be a duck. And and uh, squawk around in a circle as loud as I can for at least a minute. Yeah, I'm waiting for your wedding. Or I'm never the, getting married, so that's fine. No, that's fine. Yeah. Or uh, your, or just sadly a funeral because I yeah. think that would brighten the mood to everybody. Oh, for sure. I, I think it'd make everybody laugh. Uh, the worst team in the MLB is the Marlins. Again, I don't I don't agree with that. When you have people in the spring training, your own fans chanting, just stay out of last place, you're in a tough spot. Well, I think that's more in their division. I, I will say they are the going to be the last place team in the NL East. They're terrible. Like, they are not a hot team. But they did make it to the, N, uh, the NLDS last mm-hmm. season. They don't have an explosive lineup, but a lot of young, hungry players. That will develop, but to me, the biggest thing is Marlins just overperform at times, mm. and it's inexplicable. No, I know like they, it's, it's hilarious. It's it's great. Like out of nowhere, they'll just start winning these games. You know? But how, like it doesn't make sense on no, paper. They're gonna go through a hot streak at one point where I'm gonna be like, uh, and they're like, they've won eight out of seven, and I'm like, oh god, no. <laughs> That's what I'm waiting on. That's why I don't think I'll have the Marlins as yeah. last. Who they're, who do you have as your worst teams then? My worst teams is the Pirates. That team's bad. The Pirates only won 19 games last season. It was a shortened season. That's but the number one 19. Vegas uh, team that to, to be the worst. Oh, because they traded away Joe Musgrove, Josh Bell, and Jamison Talon. They have a worse roster than last season, and last season they already finished last. That's awesome. Yeah, so that's I don't see them climbing out of the basement. That's who I have as truly the bottom dwelling team for this season. They mm-hmm. have a they need to come through their farm system. Uh, the other big one that I see as being one of those rock bottom teams are the Rockies mm-hmm. um, because they went on a 11 and three streak to win the uh, 11 and three win streak to start last season and then proceeded to go 15 and 31. That's just a, ju- about right. And they oh got worse. God, just to shit the bed. And then, yeah, they traded away Nolan Arenado for possibly, 
like prospects that yeah. look trash. They look <laughs> like bad. they are not like I mean they're not bad players, but compared to Nolan Arenado, yeah, it's, like what are you doing? It's bad. It's it's, it's like a tough position. I I could see them and the Pirates being just dead last because they are they are basically throwing away their teams and realizing hey. We could just do this for a season or two and still be profitable. That's, yeah, that's, the big I, that, that's what sucks about the Rockies. I think they're more about like, hey, we're gonna have fans again, so let's just make some money. Exactly. I was like, who am I going to go see on the Rockies? It's a terrible place. I don't know. I, the Rockies the piss field, me the off. The field is really nice. Yeah, the field's that. dope. The field's and, really nice, but their management is shit. It, they are, and this is going to be their first season yeah. of their full rebuild, so I don't see yeah. much hope for them this year. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of uh, the – I was about to say a different podcast name. <laughs> You're about oh to my. say Your Last Resort. I was about to oh say the Your Last Resort We're presented podcast. by Your Last Resort. Yeah, those are uh, – that. that's uh, the – Our parent company. Our parent company. Um, but this is uh, Super <laughs> Fan Sports. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, we've been having a really, really fun time doing this whole tournament stuff. Uh, next week, we are going to have our official first mock draft uh, full round Donovan gets a pick. I get a pick. It's going to be a, a blast and a half. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Uh, on top of that, we're just going to be giving you guys more content on uh, the NHL. The NBA is starting to get in a real clutch, uh, you know, vibe Late right now. season play. You see the teams making the yeah. playoff pushes. And don't and don't miss out on the end of our March Madness uh, coverage because next week it's over. It's done. Yeah. So thank you guys so much. I've been Dio Reynoso. This is Donovan Behan. And don't forget... Pray for the parlor. This is a Your Last Resorts production.